0: Is it better to make sacrifices to God or to obey his commands? After Saul's battle with Amalek, he learns a hard lesson on the Bible Brief. Tell a friend about the Bible Brief today. Your recommendation can help your friends learn the Bible in a new way. Tap share on your podcast player and share your favorite episode. From Exodus chapter 17 while Israel was on its way to Mount Sinai after the exodus from Egypt. Then Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, Choose for us men and go out to fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses told him and fought with Amalek. And Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this as a memorial in a book, and recite it in the ears of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar, and called the name of it, The Lord is My Banner, saying, A hand upon the throne of the Lord. The Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. A new king is coming, a king after God's heart, a king after not like Saul. Saul was a man after the heart of the people of Israel. He was the king that they had asked for, but he wasn't the king that would honor God through obedience to Yahweh's commands. Saul had disobeyed God at Gilgal, and Samuel announced that the kingdom was being taken away from him and given to another. After the Philistines had been successfully repelled through Jonathan's faithful risk and God sending the Philistines into confusion— Saul began to expand his military campaigns within the land of Canaan. He came against the Moabites, the Ammonites, the Edomites, and continued the long war against the Philistines. While he had made some foolish decisions along the way, he gained some success in his war to remove these threats to Israel. But soon, God sends the prophet Samuel to give a new command to Saul, a command that could have come straight out of the conquest era with Joshua, God commands Saul to wage a campaign of total devastation against the descendants of Amalek, the Amalekites. We read this in 1 Samuel chapter 15. Samuel said to Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people Israel. Now therefore listen to the words of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I have noted what Amalek did to Israel in opposing them on the way when they came up out of Egypt. Now go and strike Amalek, and devote to destruction all that they have. Do not spare them, but kill both man and woman, child and infant, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. The Amalekites were apparently pressing on the land of Canaan on the south, and Yahweh took this opportunity to begin his vengeance upon the Amalekites for how they had resisted Israel after they had fled Egypt. This was hundreds of years ago in how we count time, but only a blink of an eye to God. He remembered the Amalekite army coming against the fleeing men, women, and children, and he would now seek to completely destroy this people who had come against Israel. Saul would be his tool for his righteous judgment upon the people, and Saul was not to spare even a single person or animal that breathed. So Saul summoned the people and numbered them, two hundred thousand men on foot and ten thousand men of Judah. And Saul came to the city of Amalek and lay in wait in the valley. In response to Yahweh's command through Samuel, Saul musters 200,000 men to go down to the city of Amalek to destroy it completely. For the most part, they're successful. But Saul decides to go off-roading instead of on the straight path of obedience to the Lord. He spares the king of the Amalekites, Agag, and he spares the best of the livestock. Perhaps, though, Saul had an innocent motive? Let's keep reading. The word of the Lord came to Samuel. I regret that I have made Saul king, for he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. And Samuel was angry, and he cried to the Lord all night. And Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning. And it was told Samuel, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he set up a monument for himself, and turned and passed on and went down to Gilgal. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed be you to the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord." After Saul's disobedience to God's command to utterly destroy the Amalekites, God tells Samuel what has happened, and Samuel's angry. The next day, Samuel goes to find Saul, and on his way he's told that Saul had set up a monument to himself on his return from the battle, choosing to honor himself instead of Yahweh. Then, as Samuel finally approaches Saul, the king has the gall to say, "'Blessed be you to the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord.'" You have to wonder what world Saul is living in, where he believes that he's upheld the commandment of God. He plainly hasn't done it, and Samuel immediately calls him out. Samuel said, What then is this bleeding of sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen that I hear? Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen, to sacrifice to the Lord your God, and the rest we have devoted to destruction. Then Samuel said to Saul, Stop, I will tell you what the Lord said to me this night. And Saul said to him, Speak. And Samuel said, Though you are little in your own eyes, are you not head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel, and the Lord sent you on a mission and said, Go devote to destruction the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you pounce on the spoil and do what was evil on the side of the Lord? Samuel interrupts Saul's explanation and begins to detail to him that he has disobeyed God, that he has rebelled against the Lord, and that he's done evil in God's sight. Despite Saul's motive for sacrifice, whether a pure motive or not, it wasn't obedient. Obedience to God's commands was Saul's calling. Saul, for his part, responds to Samuel with more of the same. He says that he has obeyed, and that he has destroyed everyone except Agag, and that all the livestock are to be sacrificed to Yahweh. Saul is perhaps experiencing the denial that happens when one is caught doing something wrong. He insists it's not what it looks like. Samuel then gives a great poetic response to Saul, a response that we readers of the Bible should do well to remember. Samuel says this, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to listen than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of divination, and presumption is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, He has also rejected you from being king. Samuel states a principle that flows through the story of the Bible and keeps an arrow pointed at exactly what God wants. More than great acts of honor toward him, more than sacrifices to show dependence on him, more than any of that, Yahweh wants obedience. Obedience to him. Obedience is better than any sacrifice that we could make because obedience is the ultimate faithful act. Saul may or may not have had a good motive for sparing the livestock and the king of Amalek, but his motive was no excuse for his disobedience to God's clear command. This final statement from Samuel finally cuts down Saul's excuses, and he replies with this, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Now therefore, please pardon my sin and return with me that I may bow before the Lord. And Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with you, for you have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. As Samuel turned to go away, Saul seized the skirt of his robe and it tore. And Samuel said to him, The Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you this day and has given it to a neighbor of yours who is better than you. Then Samuel said, Bring here to me Agag, the king of the Amalekites. And Agag came to him cheerfully. Agag said, Surely the bitterness of death is past. And Samuel said, As your sword has made women childless, so shall your mother be childless among women. And Samuel hacked Agag to pieces before the Lord in Gilgal. Saul's disobedience with the Amalekites was further confirmation of his first disobedience at Gilgal. Saul was not fit to be king over Israel. Despite his initial success repelling the Ammonites from Jabesh-Gilead, despite his outward appearance being tall and handsome, despite all his great qualities and motives, he didn't do what kings of Israel ought to do. They were to obey Yahweh, because obedience is better than sacrifice. Saul isn't even the one who serves up the final nail in the battle against Amalek. Samuel himself has to do what Saul was hesitant to accomplish. Samuel calls for Agag and slashes him through in front of the people there at Gilgal. Samuel, the prophet and the judge who was replaced by this king so desired by the people, has to complete this victory that Saul was unwilling to complete. Saul's kingdom is trending in the wrong direction. But there is a bright light ahead. We've heard whispers of the next king. A man after God's own heart. A man described by Samuel as better than Saul. A king is coming who looks an awful lot like that king we've been waiting for for the whole Bible so far. He's a seed of Eve, a seed of Abraham, a seed of Judah, a seed of Boaz. A man who will rise to the kingship in Israel through righteousness and God's blessing. A king is coming and he's coming from the town of Bethlehem. Join us next time as we meet one of the most famous kings in world history, a king who slays lions before he crushes the head of his enemy. The Bible Brief is brought to you by the Bible Literacy Foundation, dedicated to helping people like you learn the Bible. Copyright Bible Literacy Foundation 2023.